Well, it's great to hear from Tony and from the guys who went to El Salvador. In the first hour, uh, we had James Dunlap who uh, talked about his trip and I saw him the Sunday after they returned and I walked up to him in the lobby. James, how was the trip? And he thought for a second, he just gave me one word. He said, not blessings, he said, epic. And then he smiled. So James and, and his family are new to our church in the last year. They've just come and they've just gotten plugged in and gotten involved. But for him, this trip was about getting to know other guys. And it was great. It was good to hear Tony talking this morning about the lives that they're trying to change there in San Salvador. They've got hundreds of thousands of young people some of them just kind of running the streets and roaming the streets. Some of them in school, a lot of them not. Many of them a part of gangs. And so La Fuente, the fountain, the fountain of life, Jesus, La Fuente is this ministry where they work with high school students and they try to get them off the streets and away from gangs and they try to help them uh, come to faith in Christ and change their lives just changed their lives. As Bo was sharing from Daniel chapter three, it took me back uh, 40 years ago, I heard a guy named, and I've shared this before, some of you might remember, probably not, but I heard a guy named Harry Ambacher preaching. It was 40 years ago, it was 1983. And he preached on that passage, and he talked about when the king looked into the furnace and he saw not three figures, but four. And the fourth was like the Son of Man. It was Jesus. It was the pre-incarnate Christ in there with them. And Harry's big idea for his message was this. It's better to have walked through the fire with Jesus Christ than never to have walked through the fire at all. And it's been 40 years and I've never forgotten it. Probably the only message that I've never forgotten in 40 years, but it's so true. It really is better to suffer with Jesus than to never suffer at all. The, the people that are the most insufferable are the ones who have never suffered. I remember some years ago in my last church, I had a Northwestern College student uh, who was serving in our church, kind of our youth pastor, really. He essentially was our youth pastor. And for three years, I'd been tracking with him, um, mentoring him, coaching him, building a relationship. And for three years, just about anything he's been through, I've been through. So I was able to come alongside of him, give him direction and encouragement. And one day he walked into my office and he said, Jeff, uh, we lost the baby. My wife had a miscarriage. And he got emotional. And as I was standing there, it was the first time, really the first time in my life I ever really felt this. I had nothing. We had four kids. We'd never gone through that before. And as I stood there, I realized, I just got nothing. I have no idea what to tell him. Because anything I tell him is just, to me, it's going to sound hollow. It's going to ring hollow. I don't know the hurt. I don't know the experience. 
So I had to give him the names of some couples in our church who had been through that. I said, they've been through it, and they've come out the other side, and, and God has walked with them through it, and they're doing okay now. You need to talk to these couples. And he left my office, and I sat there, and I realized, this is what it feels like when you haven't been through what the other person has gone through. I, I was missing that tool in my toolbox because I never had the experience that would hand me that tool. And so it really is true that when we suffer, when we suffer, we have the ability to help another person go through that. Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles or you have access, you could follow along 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Compassion and comfort. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I have a feeling that some of you are struggling. Some of you are going through a, a miniature fiery furnace. Some of you are smelling your clothes and you can smell the smoke. And you're like, why? Why am I going through this? Why am I having to deal with this? I've been dealing with this. It's been going on and on and on. God is the God of all comfort and he's the father of compassion who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Whatever you're going through in your life, whatever that trial is right now, whatever that thing is that if you could wave the magic wand, you would, and you'd get rid of it, God is using it in your life so that you have a tool so that when that person comes into your life, you're not like, I got nothing. Now, we never, we never would order these up, right? We would never dial these up for ourselves. But since you're going through it, you might as well get something out of it that you can use to help somebody else. When you're going through something, who's the person that you look for? You look for the person who's gone through it and has successfully came out the other end. You want, to, you want the person that Jesus has walked through that with and has delivered, th delivered out of it and brought through it. You don't want somebody like I was that day who has no idea what that person is going through. It says in verse five, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. He says, he makes a statement there, we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. If we decide that we're gonna follow Jesus and be Christ followers, we have to also accept that mantle of suffering. There is no following Jesus without suffering. A lot of what we go through, it would be just, it'd just be nice to just push the flush button, you know, the flush thing and flush it right down the toilet of our lives. Just get it, just get it out and we don't have to deal with it anymore. 
But that's, that's just not how it works. We, as we follow Jesus, we are gonna suffer because we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. Here in 2 Corinthians 1, 6, it says, if we are distressed, Paul's saying, if me and my team are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. You can say the same thing. If you're distressed, it's for somebody else's comfort and maybe even salvation. That God's taking you through this time Learn everything you can. Take notes. Keep track. Keep a diary or a journal maybe. And learn and grow through it so that you can take your skill and expertise afterwards and you can help other people. He says, if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. Now this is where he starts to sound, Paul sometimes sounds like Dr. Seuss theology. This is kind of where I think it sounds like it in verse seven. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. A lot of talk here about suffering and comfort, about the God of, the Father of compassion. So whatever you're going through, it cannot be as bad as the three guys that went into the fiery furnace. But even for them, even if it is bad, even if you'd almost rather be dropped into the furnace than going, go what, through what you're going through, Jesus is gonna walk with you through it. Jesus is gonna be there. And he suffered already all the suffering in fact, it says here in, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He'd been telling the religious leaders that they, they tied up these heavy burdens and placed it on the people's backs. And they, they didn't even lift a little finger to help them carry these burdens. He's like, I'm not like that. I paid for your sin. I fulfilled the law because you can't. I did it for you. I covered your debt with God. I was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Come to me because my yoke, the burden that you bear with me, it's easy. And the burden actually is, it's light. It's not even burdensome. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna be sharing stories of some of our people here at Community Heights. And this morning, Tammy Chance is gonna share through video part of her story. She went through some sufferings and if you find yourself going through any of what she's gone through, now you know who to talk to, somebody who's been through it. So let's watch the screens and listen to her story. My name's Tammy and this is my story. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. We had a family of five, middle-class family. Grew up Catholic, um, but never did have a relationship with Christ. Um, was always taught there was a lot of rules to follow and a 
a lot of goals that we never felt we could live up to. I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Um, my parents did the best they could, but um, mom had bipolar and was unmedicated, and my dad basically just stayed so that we could be a family. So a lot of fighting, a lot of beating. 2007, uh, my parents were getting divorced. I had just had a new baby and a toddler, and we were living on one income, and really concerned about my mom's health. I actually came to this church about 15 years ago um, with my toddler and my baby. As my husband said, Sundays were for golf and not church. And I can only describe what happened next as an act of God. I felt like I was there, but I wasn't there. Somebody was like guiding me to the front because I don't speak publicly in front of people. And I got to that microphone and I just lost it. <laughs> I broke down and asked for prayers and I gave God my heart that day. My husband did not like the fact that we were coming without him. And I started to pray that God would get a hold of his heart too. And it wasn't but a couple weeks later and he came and he sat like this, I'll come, but I'm not gonna be happy about it. <laughs> and uh, arms crossed, and then eventually God got a hold of him as well. Don't give up. Those seeds that you're planting will someday blossom. And sometimes we get to see the fruit of that, and sometimes we don't. 2013, I felt a calling to go back to nursing school. I've always loved taking care of people, um, but didn't take long for the lies to start in my head. Um, that I was too old, it was too expensive, um, no one in my family had ever gra graduated college, and I wasn't going to either. But through prayer and godly people surrounding me, I was able to uh, continue and, and go forth with that goal. In 2016, my final semester of nursing school, was working at Mercy Hospital when I got the call um, that my brother had died and had committed suicide. So a few days after Christmas, we buried my brother, and then we had the overwhelming task of cleaning out my father's home. You could say I was mentally and physically at my end. I lost it. I broke down, I started to cry out to God, I was mad. I want to know why he did to stop that. I knew he could. Why didn't he? I heard a small, small voice say, look in the white box. And I looked around, and there I saw a white box. In that corner of that box was a baby picture of my brother and a poem of my first Christmas in heaven that there's no other explanation to me that that was God. And I just felt the peace come over me like I've never felt before.
this will be the greatest journey of your life. You will have heartache and pain and people will disappoint you, even people in the church. But no, that's not a reflection of God. That's people and we're all sinners and that's why we need Christ. So remember forgiveness and grace, even when it comes to the church. So when you come to Jesus by faith, it isn't all just, you know, wine and roses, right? It's not all peaches and cream. We still have to go through the difficult things in life. But the cool thing is, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the book before the one we looked at, God says that we're all one body. And he makes us different parts of that one body. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of like when I decide to walk across the room for my whole body to come with me, right? For my hands and feet and, I mean, everything. And I like them to try to work in some harmony. Otherwise, it would be embarrassing. Um, in the same way, we're one body. And we move together. And when one part of the body is a little bit out of whack or in pain or in distress or injured, the rest of the body comes around it and, and helps. And if all the different parts had never been through any pain or injury, they wouldn't be able to come around each other. So it is really true that a, that a church is just this big group of, of hurting people that support each other and surround each other to help each other. And when somebody comes into the church for the first time, we assume that they are also coming in with their inventory of struggles and pains and issues because we all, we all have ours. We all have ours. But we're here to support and to help each other. So, uh, Tammy, thank you for sharing your story with us. Somebody's clapping back there. I think that's so appropriate. We've got, we've got several more, and we'd like to do this more and more so that we get to know each other and we get to know each other's stories. Let me pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you are uh, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. God, we need that. We need compassion, Lord. We don't need judgment. As followers of Jesus, as those who've confessed faith in Christ and admitted our, our weaknesses and our faults and our failures before you, our sins, and received forgiveness, God, we need compassion. And because you are the Father of compassion, help us, Lord. Help us to be compassionate to one another. And God, thank you that, that we can participate in the sufferings of Jesus. And God, we don't want to. Our culture doesn't teach us to do that. It wants us to be comfortable and things to be easy. It wants us to have plenty and never be lacking. But Lord, thank you that, that we do go through suffering. And when we suffer, we're able to learn and to grow and to be equipped to help others. And then God, help us to help each other. Help us to have that compassion and love for each other. And as we go out this week, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take this same um, 
the same love that we have for one another and take it out into the community, into our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools. God, help us to love others. Help, help us to show the love of Christ to others and so draw people to you. God, we worship you and praise you this morning. You're the glorious, wonderful King. In Jesus' name, amen.